Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everybody. I am Lucia Matuonto, and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Today, we are crossing borders to chat with Edward Willett from Canada. Edward is a journalist and an accomplished author with over 60 books under his belt. He's not only a wordsmith, but also a podcast host, actor, and singer. His new book, So Warm, is available now. So welcome, Edward, to The Relatable Voice. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. My pleasure, Edward. You are originally from New Mexico in the U.S., Yes, I was born in Silver City, New Mexico, but I only lived there for a couple of years. And then we moved to Texas, which is where I started school. And then when I was eight years old, we made the trek all the way from uh, Texas to uh, Saskatchewan in Canada, which, uh, although it's a bit of a distance, is basically the same landscape the whole way because it's all part of the Great Plains. So we drove through Prairie for three days and here we were. <laughs> and you are still living there? Yes, I live in Regina, which is the capital city of Saskatchewan. Can you tell us a little bit more about the city you live? Sure. Uh, Regina is the capital. It's about a quarter of a million people, about 250,000 people. Mm -hmm. So we have the Saskatchewan Legislative Building here. It's also the home of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Every Mountie in Canada trains here in Regina at the uh, depot. Um, and uh, we're, yeah, other than that, we're, you know, just a small smallish large for saskatchewan prairie city um surrounded by farmland we've got a beautiful downtown lake one of the, the largest uh, urban parks in north america surrounding our, our wascana lake downtown so that's a very beautiful part of the city and actually if uh, people are interested i actually on my youtube channel i do walking in regina and you can come and walk along with me as i live stream my walks around the city it's a great way to to get a taste for what the city is like oh nice at the end, I would like you could share all your contacts so our listeners will be able to check more about your activities. Also, I'm intrigued by the name of your publishing company, Shadowpaw Press. Yes, Shadowpaw Press. Uh, uh -huh. Shadowpaw is our cat. Mm -hmm. uh, so, And he has a publishing history. Uh, my main publisher is Daw Books in New York, and uh, Betsy Wolheim and Sheila Gilbert owned the company. They've recently sold it, uh, but they they um, are both cat lovers, and Betsy is allergic to cats, and so is my wife. But she oh. lives successfully with a Siberian, which is a specific breed, which mm -hmm. some people who are allergic uh, seem to be able to live with more easily than other breeds. And so... 
we had uh, uh, Betsy uh, had a connection with a Siberian um, breeder down in West Virginia, and she went down and sent us some pictures of kittens, and we picked out this this little black kitten and. Betsy and her copy editor drove down to Baltimore, picked up the cat, drove back to New Jersey. I flew to New Jersey from Canada, um, met the cat. You know, my publisher took me to a Broadway show and all that kind of fun stuff. Then I flew home with the cat. So, And his uncle actually belongs to Betsy Wolheim. So he has a long publishing pedigree, and it just seemed natural. And I decided to name my publishing company that I would call it Shadow Paw Press. And his picture is the logo. So there's a little drawing of him on every book. Well, you know, I was browsing your website and came across the black cat with those big green eyes. And I have to tell you, he is incredibly beautiful. Yeah, well, I mean, the Siberian is a very, very beautiful breed. They're kind of semi-long hair and they have, and because he's black, his eyes really do pop out of his face. So, you know, yeah. very striking. So, yeah, I think he's a handsome fellow. <laughs> he is, he is. And I find cats to be super cute. I miss my cat, Atla, who lives with my mom. I'm always see, seeing him through Zoom and, you know, videos. My mom keeps sending videos to me. But he doesn't seem to miss me as much as dogs do. I think cats aren't usually as interested. It's shadow paul like this uh, he likes his people he's very much uh, family oriented with strangers mm -hmm. come he disappears and won't come out for a while uh and he's always very excited when we come back after we've been away for a while so yeah. I think he certainly knows knows who we are but cats are very place oriented yeah. they have a territory and as long as they're safely tucked away in familiar surroundings i think they can adapt <laughs> to yeah. most things and the feeling is that he is the owner of the house. We are just here. <laughs> like, <Yes. laughs> yeah, yeah, he's making us a favor, but I just love them. And Edward, as a publisher of Shadow Paul Press, you are involved in bringing other authors' works to the world. What do you look for in a manuscript? that excites you as a publisher? Well, it has to have a good story. It has to have solid writing. Um, I'm very eclectic in what I've been publishing. Now, a lot of what I've published are reprints of uh, previously published work. Mm -hmm. um, but for the new stuff that I'm publishing, it's it, it, it boils down to uh, uh, if it's, well, okay, I said a story, but I'm publishing a, a poetry book next year <laughs> as well. So mm -hmm. um, I don't know. It's just a... Uh, an indefinable sense of I like this book and I think it comes down basically to the quality of the writing and the uh, and if it's fiction to the the strength of the story it has to be characters I care about in a story that I want to read and that I think others would like to read mm -hmm. yeah because I see many people complaining ah it's so difficult I don't want to even try because I know that I'm not going to be chosen. I mean, my book's not going to be chosen. So for our listeners, Edward, who dream of having their book published, what advice would you offer them? Don't give up. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a long slog. It, and I mean, these days, of course, there are self-publishing options and anybody can self-publish a book fairly easily. 
but on the traditional publishing side, um, well, take me, for example, um, I started submitting manuscripts when I was about 21, 22, and uh, I didn't have a book published, and it was published by a not very good publisher, but I didn't have a, a novel published for 15 years. I've been submitting for 15 years with no success. I had something like a dozen unpublished novels written. Um, and then even after that first one was published, it was some time before I had a really good publisher, Daw, Daw Books that I mentioned in New York. And the only thing I can say is I, I didn't quit. I kept writing every book I wrote. I tried to make better than the one before. I sent it out. I forgot about it. I went on and wrote something else. And I think it was just that sheer volume of putting out words and trying to tell stories and, you know, learning from comments that would come back from from some editors and not usually with the book editors, but with short stories that I would send out and things like that and always trying to improve. And uh, it was a long slog, but now here I am. My first book, which was actually not a, not a novel, it was called uh, Using Microsoft Publisher for Windows 95. I wrote computer books to start with. Uh -huh. Only came out in uh, 1994. Five, I guess. So, uh, and in these, so that's 20, 28 years. Is that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and in that time, um, now I've, I've written more than 60, 70, I've lost track, published books of one sort or another. So, but up until that point, I had been writing for 15 years before I'm, I got even that first nonfiction book published. So there aren't really any shortcuts um, it takes perseverance. I think Stephen King said once that anybody who can be discouraged from writing should be <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. the people who make it are the ones who who don't let themselves. And of course it is discouraging that you just, you have to have some other reason to write, I guess, than the dream of being published. Actually, you have to love the actual act of writing if you're going to push through all of that, uh, all those roadblocks along the way. Thank you for your advice. And I love that you said, don't give up. Actually, your journey seems to encompass a wild range of creative pursuits, from writing to podcasting, acting to singing. So, Edward, what drives your passion for such diverse creative outlets? That's a good question. I mean, what came first? I think... Um... Reading was what led to writing. I read books and I loved books and I wanted to I wanted to create books that would give other people as much enjoyment as the books that I read growing up had given me. That's certainly where that side of things came from. I was also an art minor, so the artistic side of things always appealed to me. I always liked to draw and sketch and and I was an editorial cartoonist for my newspaper back in Weyburn for a while. So I even actually did some of that on a kind of professional level, although <laughs> looking back I wasn't a very good cartoonist, but uh, and, I don't. I just, I just want to make new things, and I, I think there's a genetic component to it. Uh, so I guess that goes back to my parents and my ancestors. But uh, uh, and then on the singing side, I grew up in a musical family. My father was a choir director, and we sang in church, uh, congregational singing three times a week. I went to church, a cappella singing. I sang all four parts. I learned to do harmony and all that stuff as a kid. And as my voice changed, um, and so I kept on singing. I started, I did a, a play when I was 11 years old. I was in a school production of The Taming of the Shrew, a one-act adaptation of it. I played Petruchio, 
and I was hooked after that. So all these things just, uh, I don't know, my brain is always coming up with stuff. <laughs> I guess wow. is what I'm <laughs> Wow, that's impressive. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, let's talk about your new book, which is a novel called So Warm. Can you tell us a little bit about this book? Well, technically, it's not a new book. It's a new edition of my first novel. So I mentioned that my first um, book was using Microsoft Publisher for Windows 95. And my second was oh, using yeah. Microsoft Publisher for Windows 97. But just to, shortly after that, um, Soulworm is published. And so it's been just about 25 years since it came out. And it came out with a very minor publisher. And I didn't like the cover. And they, there was no editing or anything to speak of with it. Um, so when the rights came back to me, I, I always knew I wanted to bring it back out. And I, I went back and I rewrote it. Not extensively. It held up surprisingly well. The other cool thing about it is that I wrote it. I actually wrote it in my 20s, back in the 80s, when I was living in Weyburn, Saskatchewan, where I was the newspaper uh, reporter and then editor. And it's set in Weyburn. Uh, it's a fantasy novel. And Weyburn is in the flattest part of the prairies, but it does have a hill, South Hill, or Signal Hill, it's sometimes called. And up on the hill, there's a couple of interesting buildings, including a, an old water tower, which um, there's only a couple of them in the province, but it looks more like a lighthouse than a water tower. It's round. It's a, a white cylinder with windows in it and a little green roof on top. And that reminded me of the turret of a castle. And I thought, you know, what if what if there was a castle on this hill? That would be really impressive. And then I couldn't figure out how to do that in Saskatchewan. So I thought of an... Uh, parallel world where would have the same kind of landscape or the topography anyway there's forests in that world but it would have a castle on the hill and then I thought well what would be in that castle and how could you get people from there to our world and that's how the whole story started with just that image of a, a castle on the hill and what I came up with is that in this other world there are these things called soul worms which you could sort of think of as as demons I suppose mm -hmm. and there's a, these priestesses that uh, that combat them and uh, there's a link, kind of a doorway inside this uh, castle where the priestesses live and work that leads to our world. And a soul worm manages to get into their, through their security, I guess you'd say, and slips into our world and they have to send somebody after it. Uh, so basically this demon-like thing possesses somebody in our world and they, they, they can only send the spirit of a priestess through into our world into the body of somebody else here to combat it and by accident uh, this young woman who has not fully manifested her power as a as a priestess and is never supposed to be the one that gets sent is the one that gets sent and she ends up inside the body of a regular teenage girl in our world her best friend is the one who's possessed by the by this soul worm and uh yeah that's basically the setup um the it was fun because it was all set in my hometown and it's also fun because i wrote it in the 80s and i left it in the 80s when i rewrote it i didn't update it so it is now a, his a historical fantasy i guess set in the 80s 
which has some advantages because, uh, you know, I didn't have to deal with cell phones and all those things that actually can complicate your storytelling because it's too easy for people to get hold of each other. Um, and I even put, when I redesigned the cover, I even put like a Stranger Things type font on it because of Stranger Things making me 80s and <laughs> so cool recently. <laughs> uh -huh. So basically, I believe that the genre is dark fantasy or am I wrong? Uh, I guess it's not... Mm -hmm. Not, you know, it's not horror exactly. No, I wouldn't. But yeah, it is certainly, you know, possession. And it's the, the whole thing is that these soul worms, this, this soul worm can reproduce if it can create an explosion of violence uh, that will ramp up hate and everything in the people around it. That's how it is able to leap and, and multiply. And so it's trying to create something like that kind of a, a gang uh, battle. And uh, that's what uh, my young priestess has to try to stop. So there is certainly some violence. There's some threats. There's there's uh, a lot of fire. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I still wouldn't quite call it dark fantasy. Let's just say it's a it's a young adult young fantasy adult. with horror elements. Maybe is there romance as well? There's a touch of romance. Uh, it's a doomed romance because, of course, it, well, it's an interesting romance because Maribeth, who's the girl from our world, um, doesn't know she has the priestess girl in her. And mm -hmm. then at one point they flip and the priestess takes over her body. But there's the boy, the romantic interest never knows what's going on so things are confusing for him and for the girls as well so there's there is a touch of romance yes did you add more characters to this book or you kept the same characters and story no this one it actually held up really well i had no idea i hadn't read it in years um and so i was a bit trepidatious but uh i tightened up the writing here and there i spotted a couple of uh things I should have fixed the first time around that, you know, because it's looking at it with fresh eyes, but really it was just a, a touch of uh, copy editing and uh, perking up a line of dialogue here or there. It wasn't a huge major rewrite mm -hmm. at all for me, which, which pleased me. Mm -hmm. um, it showed that, you know, I, I wasn't a horrible writer <laughs> when I was in my twenties. <laughs> I just hadn't found the right, <laughs> right okay. place to sell my work at the time. And of course, back then, uh, it was much more difficult because everything went out in paper, mm. you know, and yeah. you waited forever and ever, and then you got a form rejection back and then you sent it out again. So the process was long and drawn out and uh, yeah, so much better with electronic submissions. Uh, for sure. And also, Edward, you are a fellow podcaster in your podcast, The World Shapers centers around conversations with science fiction and fantasy authors regarding their creative process. I'm curious, how do you manage your time for all of these activities? Oh, that's a good question. Sometimes I don't manage it very well as in things, <laughs> things pile up, that's for sure. Um, the podcast is not terribly time-consuming. Um, it's recorded. It's just audio like this. I will do it. I talk to somebody for an hour. It takes me maybe half an hour then to build the 
actual file and you know put the intro on it and the outro and and all that sort of thing i've gotten pretty quick at it now so and i only do it every two weeks so that that's only a couple of hours every two weeks that i'm putting into that i i did you know managing time i used to do full transcripts and that was way too time consuming even with uh even with uh ai recording it because there's so much editing i i had to do before i was comfortable with putting out the transcripts so i quit doing that and that saved some time uh, what I'm finding right now is cutting into my time the most is that publishing, running a publishing company, especially mm -hmm. when it's just me and the cat, who's no help at all. Um, <laughs> there's always something that has to be done there. And that time just, just, it's just a huge time commitment to do all of the publishing stuff. And I need to rebalance for my writing. I have a nonfiction book that's, uh, I got a grant for that I have, which comes out of the podcast. Uh, it's, uh, it'll be Canadian authors I talk to and talking about the creative process. So I'm working on that. I have to get that done. And then I've got a whole lot of fiction I want to get to. So I'm going to try to manage it by committing mornings to fiction and afternoons to publishing and other tasks is, is my what I'm trying to get to so that I always have at least two or three hours of writing time uh, in the morning before I switch hats and go into publishing stuff in the afternoon. That's that's my goal, and we'll see if it works. Um, but, you know, sometimes I'm just clobbered with a million things, and all I can do is prioritize them as best I can. And it does help that I'm a fast writer. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, this is the... Uh, I think the publishing part is the one that makes you to spend more time and also you have to be in contact with authors and the cat doesn't help much <laughs> yeah it's all that and you know if this continues to grow and shadowpaw press is now a member of literary press group canada i have full you know distribution through a proper uh, book distributor that works with uh, lpg members and um i'm getting to the point and one nice thing about canada is that uh, they're is uh, quite a bit of uh, government support for for publishing in the form of grants. And as I grow and I'm, I'm getting an editorial board now, which will take some load off of looking at submissions and all of that, <clears throat> I could get to the point where I can get a, a substantial amount of grant money to, to help me then start hiring like editors and and people like that instead of I'm right now I'm the editor as well as the publisher so I have to wow. read and edit everything as well myself um so it, yeah we'll see how it goes uh, either either it will work or talk to me in a year from now and I'll say well I I don't have a publishing company anymore <laughs> but hopefully it hopefully it doesn't come to that Judy was boring hello then Judy discovered jumbacasino.com it's my little escape now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hopefully your business will be successful as you are very creative and I'm sure you you are making significant contributions to the literary world. And Edward, with your 
let's say, diverse range of creative backgrounds and activities. Do you have a particular favorite among them? I know you are also a director. So... Yeah, I've direct, directed plays. I've written plays, directed plays. Um, you know, much as I, and I, I do love writing. Uh, and, you know, that's probably where my, my creative energies are flow the best. But for sheer fun, um, musical theater has to be at the top of the list. If I could do, you know, I don't particularly enjoy the rehearsal process, but I love the performing side of things. So uh, performance, uh, either just as a singer or, but primarily as, as in musical theater, is actually the, the single most fun thing I think I do. You've also tried to participate in the reversing the choreography? Oh, <laughs> no, if there's one thing I'm not, it's a dancer. No. <laughs> okay. No, that's my, you know, they talk about triple threats, which are people who can sing, act and dance. I'm a, I'm a double threat. I can sing and act, but when it comes to the dancing, now my daughter, uh, we put her through dance and she she danced competitively. And so clearly there, you know, the capability existed in the genes, but <laughs> it's somehow uh, it's certainly uh, I'm I'm not a uh, if I need a, if I need choreography in something I'm directing, there is definitely a choreographer involved. It's not me. Mm -hmm. I can't sing. <laughs> Actually, in my house, they say, please, you are, you cannot sing. You are not allowed to sing because I'm I sing terribly, but I can dance and I can act. And I understand what you mean. We cannot be excellent in everything and dancing. I think it's it's not easy. And Perhaps if I had training as a kid, but there was no way my parents were putting me into dance and waver mm -hmm. in Saskatchewan mm -hmm. in the 70s. <laughs> I don't no. even know if we had a dance company, a dance school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Edward, would you like to leave a message for our listeners today? Well, I think the message is one I already gave, which is uh, since, you, you know, a lot of people who want to write, um, I think it the same advice I always give to anybody that wants to write. And I've done a lot of uh, work as um, like writer in residence at Thrujana and Saskatoon Public Libraries. And I've worked with teen writers a lot. And it's always the same advice. Read, 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 read the stuff you Read the kind of stuff that you want to write, but also read a bunch of other stuff too. You have to fill your brain and then write, write. Don't, you know, when you sit down, write. Don't wait for the muse to strike you. Don't don't worry whether you're inspired or not. Just get those words down. Uh, I started to say on paper, nobody writes on paper anymore. But get those words down and uh, the more you do it, the better you'll get at it if you if you work at it. So mm -hmm. that's the only advice I have. I guess that's my message. If you want to write, read and write. <laughs> mm -hmm. And Edward, I would like to know where our listeners can find you and your books online. Well, my main website is edwardwillett.com. So W-I-L-L-E-T-T, edwardwillett.com. Uh, the publishing company is shadowpawpress.com. The podcast is theworldshapers.com. Those are the three main, um, our main websites. My books are available everywhere. If you go on Amazon and put in Edward Willich, you'll see 
you know, pretty much everything I've ever written probably will pop up there. Uh, as far as social media, I'm on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it now, at uh, eWillet. I'm on Instagram at edwardwilletauthor. I'm on Facebook at edward.willet. And I'm on YouTube, as I mentioned, at Edward Willett. And that's where you, I, I post some writing-related stuff. There's there's stuff of me singing as well on there. But the main thing is my walking in Regina, uh, which is up to 938 subscribers as of today. So if we can push it over 1,000, I might actually get enough money to buy a cup of coffee, coffee every year or two. Um, so, yeah, those are my main ones, I think. Edward, it was such a pleasure to visit you in Canada and I would like to go back. So anytime you publish a new book, please let me know and I'll be happy to go back. I will keep that in mind. Nothing in the immediate horizon, but it, there will be more. <laughs> Wonderful. So thank you very, very much. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening and remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.